0: Today's show is brought to you by Airtable, the all in one collaboration platform. Modern creative teams are pulled in a thousand directions. Maintaining a functional project plan is hard. Wrangling designers and writers, copy edits and clients, all on deadline, can get messy fast. Most collaboration tools aren't made for creatives and creative projects, but Airtable is. Airtable makes it easy to organize stuff, people, ideas, anything you can imagine. That's why leading creative teams at places like Experience Design Agency Huge, Product Development Agency Planetary, and retail brand United Colors of Benetton use Airtable. It's flexible enough to adapt to your process, but powerful enough to keep everything on schedule and let creative people be creative. Visit Airtable.com Glossy today to get $50 in free credits. Hello and welcome to the Glossy Podcast. Our weekly show where we discuss fashion, luxury, and technology with the people making change happen. I'm your host and Glossy senior reporter Hillary Milneys, and with me this week is Olivia Kim, the VP of Creative Projects at Nordstrom. Hi Olivia.
1: Hi Hillary, how's it going?
0: Good, good. Thank you for joining us. Um so before we get into your your t- your title at Nordstrom, obviously a lot to talk about there. Why don't you give us a little bit of an idea how you ended up um, as the VP of, of creative projects. How did, uh, what were you doing before and, and how did you end up on the Nordstrom team?
1: Um, so I met Pete Nordstrom about five years ago. He was in New York and Jeffrey Kalinsky, our, um, our VP of design, um, of designer. Um, Had, who I had known for quite some time, had asked me if I was interested in meeting Pete, and I said, Yeah, of course, that'd be amazing. I had been working for Opening Ceremony for 10 years. um, And when I met him, it was a really interesting and easy conversation. He had talked to me about all the things that, you know, they were doing as a company. but the thing that I was the most excited about were the things that he was talking to me about, the things that they wanted to do, where they wanted to go, and how they were seeing different ways in which they wanted to be able to engage customers in a way. And he just didn't necessarily know exactly how to do that. Um, and so, you know, after couple of months of staying in touch. He asked me if I wanted to come work for him. And the first thing I said was, do I have to move to Seattle? I'm a born and bred New Yorker. So, uh, and I had never, you know, even thought about ever leaving New York. So that was something that came up pretty quickly. And, um, I was really open and excited about the idea of moving cross country. And and so we were able to make that happen.
0: Awesome. And so tell us a little bit, what was he trying to do, uh, Pete Nordstrom, and and why were you the person that, that he wanted to work on those things with?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think in my time at Opening Ceremony, which had been a really um, monumental retailer in the sense that um, Opening Ceremony had become known for its partnerships, its collaborations, for thinking about retail and fashion and culture in a way that wasn't so stoic and and was always kind of reinventing itself season after season. Um, I think that there was something about that that he was very curious um, about and um, in, in the way in which we were um, thinking about online experiences and mirroring those experiences in-store and taking some of our in-store experiences and how do we translate that to um, a more t- 2D uh, digital experience. Um, at that time, I think there just weren't that many big retailers, big specialty retailers that were doing that. It was really happening more so within niche, smaller boutique environments. Um, um, and so that was something that we had talked about was, you know, could we bring um, a smaller idea to a bigger company and then how could we do that in a way that felt really natural and organic and, and didn't, you know, have to necessarily be boxed into what felt like a, a big retail concept, but it, it could be something that we could we could do small, if that makes sense.
0: Right. So do you feel like you were given a lot of um almost creative freedom to to bring your take that had been bred at opening ceremony into the Nordstrom um, environment.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that he was really, really brave in letting me kind of come in. And, you know, he didn't necessarily have a job for me. And we said, let's figure it out together. Um, and, he, you know, he kind of said, here are the keys to the car, you drive. Um, and because no, nobody had Um, The role didn't exist at the company before. Um, There was nobody before saying, like, oh, this is the way that we've done this in the past. Or, you know, here's where we've seen some successes. Or here's where we've seen some challenges. It was more so let's test and learn every single thing you've got up in your head. Um, And that was an incredible opportunity for somebody to say that and to to have that kind of trust in me to be able to say, like, whatever, whatever you're curious about or whatever you're interested in exploring, let's try it.
0: Yeah, it's almost like a blank slate.
1: Absolutely. And and I think that, you know, to that point of it being a blank slate, you know, there wasn't a team already existing here. When I joined, I came by myself and, you know, I had a team of two in the very beginning and we've slowly grown that team super organically but there wasn't again a template there wasn't somebody that had already done this before so um you know we've really had to learn a lot we've grown a lot we've had growing pains you know we're we're trying to figure these things out and we've had a lot of wins we've also had a lot of you know places where we're like oh gosh that didn't work out um but we've learned from that um and and to be able to grow and 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 evolve has been always our mantra
0: Right. And so, so why don't you take us back to the beginning? Um, I can imagine it, it might have seemed like a daunting task at first. Um, especially <laughs> cause, <laughs> cause you mentioned like this, this opening ceremony take on collaborations on brand partnerships on taking risks on like independent brands. Um, it's such a, a distinct point of view that co- that often comes from that type of of niche specialty retailer and, and Nordstrom is such a, lar- a much larger environment, um, a much bigger customer clientele base. Um, where did you even start?
1: Oh, that's such a good question. You know, what I really started with was thinking about our customer. Um, and I love the idea that the customer was so much broader that there was um, a much larger Um, democraticness to who we were serving um, in in our stores across the country. I mean, you think about what opening ceremony was, and that was, you know, four stores. um, And, you know, Nordstrom's 122 stores across the country. Um, And the ability to be able to reach that many more customers who are just as curious, who are, you know, just as um, thirsty for inspiration, you know, and being inspired by fashion, art, culture, Um, it it was daunting to say the least but I think what we did was is we really said what are the things that I'm interested in, how do we bring that to a select number of markets at first? You know, we started off with just eight stores across the country thinking about our most elevated, our most sophisticated stores, um, stores that were in cities that were the most robust or, you know, had um, a certain level of sophistication and, um, you know, had a customer that we knew could be curious. Um, And then what we decided was, let's start by launching Um, a pop-up concept that could evolve and change and, you know, we could constantly use that as a platform for bringing and introducing new designers, new themes, new products to our stores um, and, and really use those eight stores as guinea pigs to say if we could be successful, if we could get resonance, if we could get our customers excited about that, then could we potentially grow that beyond that? So that was really the starting point was this idea of let's try a pop-up concept nothing that's permanent you know we could we could test out a few concepts a year across these stores um, and and really see what the reaction would be
0: right so you had so when you say pop-up concept you brought in um, brands that Nordstrom hadn't been carrying was it ones that you were just interested in felt like they were on the rise Um, and then how did you bring them into the into the Nordstrom stores
1: yeah, and, you know, in the beginning, what we were doing is we were doing concepts based around themes. So we would pick, you know, whether it was um, Paris or camping or travel, and we would curate brands around that theme. So, um, bringing in anywhere between fifty to one hundred and fifty new Nordstrom brands um, and introducing those, and, and you know, kind of building a concept around that as a as a way for customers to come in, and be excited by a disruptive. Um, sort of shop experience and then through that we've evolved by also partnering with brands that we felt that our customers would like to know a little bit more about Um, and sometimes those were brands that were brands that our customers were already familiar with so um, in early stages you know being able to partner with brands like Nike or Converse or Alexander Wang, you know, we already had existing businesses with that, but to be able to create a world of experience and offer our customers something special, kind of an inside look into those brands um, by creating special products and exclusives and then to create, you know, a store experience, um, something that they may not have seen if they hadn't been to New York or Paris, let's say. Um, But then we've also done partnerships with brands where, you know, we... They haven't had exposure to our customer before, so you know, talking about digitally native brands, which is a which is a category in which we really kind of become known for being the first of um, to be able to give digitally native brands an in store footprint. So whether that's Warby Parker or Everlane, um, th- those are some of the things that we've really been. Um, focused on now is, is how do we bring some of this stuff that's out there, um, to our customers and stores?
0: Right. And, and how do you see your role sort of fitting into the center of just this ongoing shift where department stores are, are updating their inventory and reaching out to a new customer? Uh, well, you know, what do you think it's, what do you think it says about, um, where retail is headed that, you know, Pete Nordstrom kind of came to you and I was like, let's, let's, I don't even know what it is, but but let's make a role out of out of this, out of your cur- curation, um, out of your sensibility.
1: Yeah, I mean. I think it shows his willingness to be open and innovative, which is something that we really pride ourselves on here at Nordstrom. You know, we certainly consider ourselves a fashion, a a large fashion specialty retailer versus a department store. And as we're speaking to our customer about the different ways in which we're engaging them, um, I think that a role like mine is a role that continues to need to evolve, you know, to to kind of be this um, place and uh, be um, a department within our company that will continue. To be on the pulse of what's happening? How can we continue to engage our? Customers and bring them exciting concepts, not only through brand partnerships, but also like looking at how, what are the ways in which we can kind of close that gap between what's online only or digitally native only and what's in store only or traditionally what's been called brick and mortar only. I think that our job as, you know, retail continues to evolve and in, into the next couple of years is how do we kind of again, close that gap and sort of say, like, it's not about being, you know, a specific channel where you're online or you're in store, but how do you kind of make those experiences feel as fluid and seamless? So what you're seeing online is also, you know, is, is, a, is reminiscent when you're in our stores. And then when you're in stores, how do you take that experience and then go back home and to be able to have that be more of a, a transactional, you know, you on your phone or you on your computer or laptop um, experience? but it still feels as exciting, as inspiring, as innovative, no matter where you are. I mean, I think that that's, that's one of the things that keeps me up at night is how do I continue to engage our customers however they choose to shop with us, whether it is at home in the convenience of, of, of their living room or on their phone or whether or not they want to come into our stores. That, that's something that you know I'm continually challenged by.
0: That's interesting to hear you say that. You're part of your role and part of what um, you know you're obsessing over is is how people shop in general. Like when you hear VP of Creative Projects, it seems like your job is to figure out what new partnerships you can do with brands, what new brands you should be partnering with, and um, how they should be set up. in stores and online, but not necessarily what that means about how people shop, like bridging that offline and offline, and uh, offline and online experiences is a huge undertaking for, for any retailer that's, um, that's, that has both stores and, and e-commerce. So how do you, what, what, how would you like describe your, your, um, responsibilities when it comes to just the general customer experience? Like how much of your typical day or maybe day is not fair to say, but like week does that does that take up?
1: Yeah, I mean it takes up a good portion of my time. You know, I think the reason why I do my job is because I want, I want, I want more customers shopping with us in general. I mean, point blank is I'm interested in getting more and more people to come and shop with us, however they choose to shop with us, whether that's in store or whether that's online, whether that's a combination of in store and online. Um, and I think that the point of, of 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 being in a role like mine is that I get to engage our customers. I get to to give them a physical experience. I get to give them a a creative and exciting digital experience. Um, But I'm most curious about the way customers are shopping. And I think that that comes down to convenience and it comes down to product. Like we have to be able to, and I don't mean convenience in the sense that you can have it exactly, you know, as fast as you want. I think that convenience means more than just speed. I think convenience means preference. How do you want to shop with us? Do you want this experience that's super high touch and in-store and you come in and, and I can match you up with a stylist or, or a personal shopper and we can do a two-hour tour of the store. I can have all these things waiting for you based on previous conversations Or convenience to you might just mean like I can meet you outside, I can pick up your um, return or give you everything that you've selected previously through your phone and then you can take that home and review it however you'd like. Um, But I think that, that convenience shouldn't be misinterpreted as speed. I think that convenience means however, you know, however customized you want that shopping experience to be. If that makes sense,
0: yeah. And 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 you know, you've you mentioned convenience. Obviously, Amazon comes to mind. Are you are you thinking about Amazon's presence in in retail? And and if so, like, how do you consider it and in, in relation to to your job?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I don't I don't to be honest like i don't think about amazon um i think that they're awesome as what they do and i love the fact that they're our neighbor physically here in seattle i love the fact that they keep us on their toe on our toes in terms of you know thinking about their different technologies and 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 what they're doing but i don't necessarily see that Um, as competition for what I'm interested in doing you know I'm really about experience and and bringing experience and product and innovative cool ideas and matching our customers with some of the most creative individuals out there in fashion and art and culture um which is a very different thing than what Amazon is Is, you know I, I I think that what Amazon does is, is great on its own, um, but I don't necessarily see that as something that's competitive to what we're, we're focused on.
0: Today's sponsor is Airtable, the all-in-one collaboration platform. The creative world is constantly evolving, and to keep up, you need a tool that's flexible enough to adapt to your process, but powerful enough to keep everybody on the same page. Airtable is modern software. Its fields can handle any content you throw at them, add attachments, long text notes, check boxes, links to records and other tables, even barcodes whatever you need to stay organized. That's why when the team at WeWork needed a tool to manage their entire creative process from ideation to content creation, they turned to Airtable. Airtable empowers you to do your work your way. Try it today. Just head to airtable.com slash glossy to receive $50 in free credits. That brings us to the conversation that you guys are having with brands. You mentioned Nordstrom has been a key partner for um, bringing brands, digitally native brands into, um, a broader retailer for the first time, like, like an Everlane. So how do you position yourselves as, as, um, good partners to, to a brand like that, or, or even like a smaller independent brand that hasn't really been on that scale before?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think honestly, it's I don't know that there is, um, a specific criteria of, you know, what it is that we're looking for. I'm looking for things that I just think will resonate with our customer. And that is a gut reaction. Um, It's subjective, of course. And sometimes we make great decisions and sometimes we make decisions where the customer doesn't respond to them. Um, I think digitally native has become um, a buzz term around uh, retailers because it gives uh, retailers an opportunity to bring something that hasn't been physical in stores to our stores. And and we've done that pretty successfully through partnerships like Everlane and Warby Parker. Um, you know, we're really excited about launching Allbirds um, in a couple of weeks, which is also another one of those brands that has had quite a cult following online. Um, and they've done a couple of test pop-ups in New York, and they have um, a little pop-up shop that they have in San Francisco where they're based. So it's interesting because you know it's a win win for both us and for the brand in the sense that we get to give our customers an opportunity to experience you know a physical version of what they're seeing online across the country um and then for the brands, it gives them an opportunity to test real time in market cities and places where they may know they have customers because they can see the data coming in. They can see that they're shipping out, you know, a certain number of shoes to some of these cities like Chicago or Dallas or Austin, um, San Francisco, New York, but they don't have the ability to test opening stores in eight cities at the same time for a set amount of time. So it's exciting because we'll, you know, we love to share... Real-time customer feedback, and um, you know, we welcome a lot of their um, executives to our stores and come see how our customers are reacting. Um, so it, it really does feel like it's a win for everybody to kind of t- to be able to do these sorts of pop-ups.
0: Right, and and it seems like collaboration is such a big theme today in retail. Uh, just working together with brands that makes sense. It's 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 smart, and it seems like there's a lot of benefits on both sides. But do you think that was When you were doing that at opening ceremony, was that almost newer or like less heard of? Uh, How how has that um, trend evolved?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, so it's been almost 15 years now since, you know, I've been at opening ceremony. I was there for 10 and it's been five since I've left. And at that time, you know, we're talking about a retail concept that had started in the, you know, mid early 2000s, and and retail has obviously changed fivefold since then. Um, You think about all the different evolutions in the technology and and things that were not even in existence at that time. I mean, stores barely had e-retail sites at that time. Um, So, And the, the idea of collaborations as partnerships as a way to differentiate yourself was really new in the early 2000s, and I think nowadays... You know, the idea of partnering and collaborating with brands still continues to be a point of differentiation. It's it's a way to be able to engage and kind of flex your relationships with partners. Um, but I think that it still needs to be genuine and authentic. It needs to come from a place where, you know, you're passionate about product. You're not just trying to put something out there for the sake of putting something out there because... At this point in the game, everybody can do it. everybody is doing it. um I think what makes it different and natural is if you're doing it with the sense of you want to offer something for your customer specifically that you know will resonate with them so I do think that there's you know this idea that you you can overdo collaborations that a collaboration between brand one x brand two um doesn't seem necessarily innovative at this time, but I think what is innovative is the idea of you can come up with something that can really resonate with your customer. You know, it's like always thinking about your customer in mind. Like, will they... Will they be interested and excited and and use this as a point of reference to want to continue to to look at you as a fashion authority, look at you as a source of inspiration, look at you as a place to be inspired, uh, you know when they when they want to make their next purchase?
0: Right. So even if the concept of the collaboration itself isn't isn't as novel anymore, it, if it yeah. works for the customer, who cares?
1: <laughs> exactly. And and it's, if it works for the customer in the sense that they feel that that's a way that you can continue to earn their trust and then you know earning trust is how you get wallet share at the end of the day
0: right and uh so going off that you mentioned a few times you've gone through um things that that have worked and that haven't so how do you how do you gauge like once it something launches um how do you track the data and, and like what decisions are made from there
1: Yeah, I mean, we're able to track the data through some of our consumer insights partners here at the company. Um, And, you know, a lot of that data is quantitative data, right? So we can obviously track sales. We can track, you know, new to Nordstrom customers. We can track, um, you know, how much time they're spending on our website, you know, through their sessions and and all of that stuff. You know, typical basic 101 consumer and and data analytics stuff. Um, I'm really excited about... The ability of tracking some of that qualitative data, which I think is, you know, one of the ways in which has been revolutionary around here in terms of how we're measuring success. It's not necessarily only about the numbers. You know, what we're looking for is anecdotally, do we feel like our stores feel excited and customers are, you know, there's an energy in there? Are we Looking around and seeing younger customers in our stores, um, do we see Instagram shares and social media likes, and, um, and and do we see anecdotally and directionally that our customers are um, talking about us more? I think those are all different ways in which you know we're measuring success, um, which are more qualitative. I mean, certainly they're qu- quantitatively qualitative, if that makes sense.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think it does. Um, so so yeah, it seems like it's uh, up to you to really just have your your finger on the pulse of, of what's cool, what's trendy, what's going to bring in an excited new customer um, who maybe wasn't even thinking about Nordstrom to shop before. So how do you dis- discover what brands you want to work with? And then how, do, how are you positioning? Like, how do you make sure that the customer knows that, that that's out there, that's an option. And it's and it's within um, Nordstrom's broader inventory. Yeah.
1: yeah, no, I love that question. Um, I think, you know, I look for partnerships and brands everywhere. I mean, I'm everything from having people reach out to us and cold calling us, you you know, you never know what's out there and people do it all the time. We respond to almost every email and inquiry that comes through. Um, I mean, Inspired by all other sorts of retail, um, whether that's supermarkets or pharmacies um, or gift shops at museums or in the airport. You know, I travel a ton. Um, I love traveling, so I love seeing how other cultures and other cities are, you know, interacting with people. Um, it, it really is wide and broad at, at where I find inspiration and, and where I'm looking for things. You just you just never know. I, I I kind of make that my mantra is, you know, you should really be open to anything. And and I'm personally love shopping. I love shopping and buying anything. It's not just clothes. Like I love, you know, going to like one of my favorite things is being at, you know, those pharmacies in Paris and just kind of running through there and seeing what they have, um, testing new products. I, I, I just, I love, I love buying stuff and I love how things are displayed. I love the psychology of retail. You know, you you always hear about cereals and how they're positioned in supermarkets and,
0: um,
1: I love all of that kind of thing. So I'm, I'm really curious about that. Um,
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's, it's, that is really interesting. And just, so does that fascination with, um, the psychology of, of retail and then how things are displayed, does that play into like the in-store, um, organization of things and, and how you display the brands that you're working with?
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, I think we're always trying to find interesting and different ways of displaying the same type of product. You know, I think that that's, that's also part of like engaging the customer in a way and surprise and delighting them is that it's not always as expected. Um, you know, that, you know, we can we can create warm spaces by partnering with furniture designers and artists to bring in their furniture and to have more ways of engaging our customer and having more content and more things to speak about, like, like whether it's the furniture that was custom made for us or whether it's in a partnership with, you know, Memphis or some sort of different um, furniture movement that's happening right now. We're partnering with artist groups and, um, you know, we've done a lot of things with different art organizations in which we're continuing to tell their story as well as a way to kind of support what's happening in our stores. And I think that that's, that's also, you know, again, adding to more engagement means more trust from your customer. It means hopefully when they're ready to buy something that they're, you know, they'll continue to come back.
0: Right, and, and so you're the the pop the pop-ups that you do with the brands. Um, everything's relatively temporary, right? It, it lasts for a few months, and then it, and then things switch over.
1: Yeah, and we've done we do some experiences that have lasted longer than that. So, um, in here in Seattle, um, you know, we did a partnership with Hermes, um, which is pretty exciting, and that was. That lasted for a year. We also have a department called SPACE, which is for our emerging and advanced designer collections, and that's an ongoing department um, across across 10 stores in the U.S. where we're really supporting younger, um, more avant-garde push designers that are trend-focused, and in that space, you know, we have everybody from Comme de Garçon to Eckhaus Laura, who recently was just awarded the LVMH prize, which we're really excited for them for. So we've got our pop-up spaces, which are the rotating ones. We've got project-based spaces um, that can be, you know, longer than just a couple of weeks, Um, and then we've got our emerging, um, our emerging designer space.
0: Right. So is this still like, um, you know, transitory, uh, thing that you guys are doing? Um, so how do you feel, do you still feel like that for Nordstrom's brands at large, that the, that the presence of this ongoing project builds trust across the board? Because right now it seems like it's a hard time for brands to know, uh, what, what, retail doors they should be in like wholesale distribution has become so sprawled and, and splintered that they they're looking for for the right partners and and really scrutinizing those relationships so do you feel like the the presence of this of this creative projects um, at Nordstrom creates a, just like a halo around the retailer in general even if for a brand if it, that's not involved as they're becoming so protective of of the story that's facing customers and and how direct they of a Relationship they have with them, yeah.
1: I mean, I th- think that the answer to that is yes on so many levels. And and I think about how we built relationships with lots of different types of brands that are at various stages of um, their own business development. So I think about brands like an Eckhouse Lada or um, um, you know brands that are like super emerging in the sense that we may be their first large specialty retailer. And so um, in that sense, you know, we help them not only be comfortable with selling to a large retailer like us, but, you know, we really want to make their business a viable business and support them so that they can continue to grow outside of not just us, but that they can have, you know, a million, a couple million dollar business in the next couple of years. That's really important to me because their success means that they can do more with us as well. Um, So, you know, sometimes we're in a position where we're working with vendors for the first time and we're saying, let us help you figure out how to import your goods. Let us help you figure out how to make an invoice. Are you sure you're making enough margin on your collections? Um, You know, let's have some honest conversations about the viability of your business, right? So that's, you know, on one end, of the scale and then on the other end of the scale you know partnerships like Celine where you've got a really super high profile you know brand that's part of a larger conglomerate. Um, but what they're trying to do is to be able to tap into a customer to make a customer not feel so intimidated by what they might already know about that brand. Similar situation with Hermes, right, where you have these very high-end luxury companies and what they wanted to do was to be able to tap into a younger customer. We know that our customer is significantly younger than some of our competitors, that we have a much more energetic um, and the ability to be able to speak to a customer that feels um, a little bit broader than some of our competitors. And so that is exciting for them because not they've got a very established business, but what they're trying to do is to be able to target and potentially reach a new customer that isn't who their typical customer is. So to me, like, those are two very, very different examples of how we can partner with brands. Um, but, but through creative projects, we're able to kind of flex. We're a really small team, so we can move and we can be really nimble and we can be quick. And so we can kind of cater each partnership to be a very specific... Um, type of partnership. And, and we can set different goals from the outset to say, you know, what is it that you'd like to accomplish in partnering with us? And, and and how do we get there? And how can we help you do that? So that not only does it work for the time of the partnership, but that it helps you grow and continue to evolve as a business. Because to me, like, I think that that's, that, that's one of the things that I'm the most interested in is, is how do we continue to provide longevity for a lot of these brands, right? Like I know that a lot of people are so concerned about how is retail going to survive? How is re- But retail going to survive if we support um, different designers and brands. And if we're not supporting those brands in the way that make their business viable, then we don't have a business at all.
0: Right. So does that mean that you're sharing more with the brands than, than in the past? And, and do you see that becoming a more open relationship that's that's contingent on, on both sides succeeding?
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know that we're sharing more necessarily. I think what we've done is we've opened the opportunity to say, we're excited and eager to partner with you in a way that works for you. Um, and I can be upfront about what I'm looking for in terms of what my objectives are. And my objective is always about providing an engaging and exciting disruptive experience for our customers, both in-store and online. Um, and if if a brand or a designer is interested in doing that, then, you know, we can find unique ways of, of, of kind of coming up with a project or a collaboration that feels exciting for everyone.
0: Absolutely. if uh, We're almost out of time, but you've been in this world for a little bit. How do you see it? How do you see it evolving? What What do you see next for, for you and where do you Where do you want to take it?
1: Um, I'm excited by some of the projects that we have in the pipeline. Um, I'm excited about the opening of our New York stores. Um, I think that that's going to be a new and exciting challenge for us. Um, to be able to open there, you know, considering that we haven't been there and, and being such a large specialty retailer that is focused on, you know, being a fashion authority and then and, and kind of building um, a model around customer service, to be able to test all of that in the biggest city in the world is pretty exciting.
0: Right. Awesome. That'll be a great challenge. And, and the men's store is opening up soon.
1: Yeah, April. <laughs> so there's a, you know, we have this like ticking um clock it's a it's like a winding clock that goes down day by day and we look at it and it's it's pretty close right now
0: (laughs) all hands on deck uh well great thanks so much olivia i really appreciate you chatting it's all really interesting
1: yeah thank you so much and thanks for um you know Thanks asking really awesome questions i really like those
0: oh thank you uh and thank you for listening we'll be back next week with another episode and in the meantime be sure to subscribe on itunes stitcher and google play and leave us any feedback you have